Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Grace on this wonderful Wednesday morning. It's storming and raining here. It's going to be really windy, but it's extremely warm, uh, way above seasonal temperatures where I'm located here in southern Ontario. Good morning, Cheryl. Glad you chimed in this morning. Um, today's topic, oh my goodness, uh, it's a doozy, um, and everybody thinks they're going to be right on it, <laughs> on your own opinion of this. We're going to talk about judging today, um, a topic that uh, I, I've spoken on once or twice over the years, um, and it, there's, there's a need for more discussion on this. Uh, do you find yourself judging other people, and if you don't... Um, you're probably really judging them. <laughs> we all judge in, in one way or another. Um, but there's a time when um, we judge incorrectly. And what do we do with verses that say, do not judge? And then yet, in some other place, it suggests that we're supposed to judge those that are fellow believers. It's like, okay, um, the foundation from which you ask the question will become an answer that is big. So uh, to judge or not to judge, today's perspective may really surprise you. It did me. It did all three of us as we finished our conversation. Um, uh, I always know that it was a good conversation when it goes in a direction I didn't plan for. <laughs> it's just it's just a reality. I love it. Um, yeah, so I think I think this is going to be a good one. Just before we uh, get into the interview, and I'm, I will be watching live with you and commenting and participating. So if you're watching online and something hits you, great comment. I'll try to address it afterwards. Uh, but I also want to encourage folks, and I have not done this. I've done this maybe twice in three years. Um, if this program is encouraging to you, consider supporting it, making a donation. Um, we can't survive without uh income to make this happen we're not asking for a lot um you don't hear me beg um, but i'm authentically inviting you to participate in making this happen and become better and better um I, honestly so just let the holy spirit hit your heart but if you don't know there's a need nobody's gonna give but we do we have a need so just look at the links below find a way to give a one-time donation or become a monthly supporter i think uh i think the link sends us to paypal and you can set up a a monthly ten dollar twenty dollar fifty dollar hundred dollar whatever it is you want to do if this has value to you because i want to keep making this better and better and meaningful to those who watch and listen um i just think i think this is a really important uh, weekly program that takes us uh, into the practical side of this grace that we're learning about sunday mornings uh, i teach in a church setting and it's the topics are relational it's it's not so intense i don't go deep dive like i do on here here i get to go super deep uh quickly um and on sunday mornings it's more of a family atmosphere uh to a community of people uh more of a teaching this is this is like digging in questioning the the answers that we've been given so that's why i do all these different topics um and i i think 2023 there um, i had a, a really important meeting recently and i think we got some great plans coming up good morning becky oh you have a storm or you had a storm last night Lori said there was a it was it was thundering and everything last night pretty big i didn't i didn't hear a thing i was out i was gone <laughs> it's crazy all right so let's get let's get into this topic i think you're gonna really enjoy it um yeah take a listen and then at the end let me know what you thought of this because it's going to be a good one. So let's let's dig into this conversation with Bill Thrasher and Richard Murray. This is going to be good. I'm listening, watching live with you. Here we go. You know. Oh, hey, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing Grace. It's fun to have Bill and Richard here uh, as we talk through some pretty interesting topics. And I think I just realized that we're this is going to I think this is going to be episode 170, which is huge. That's, that's just over three years of um communication and talking through topics sometimes regurgitating some of them but today's topic is is one we've never talked about 
the last two topics on anger are connected to this topic that I'd like to have us have a conversation on. And I want to tell you why it's important, if that's okay, if I can just kind of set the, set the tone here. Um, I, I've had some conversations with individuals who talk about judging and they're of, a, they come from the church world, but they're, they're so convinced that they, the Bible plainly says we should judge uh, that we're supposed to make clear judgments that we're told to, in fact, in first Corinthians, it talks about remove the evil person, uh, all, all these, these uh, clobber verses on that we can judge. And then they dismiss the, the Bible says, do not judge or you'll be judged in the same way. And they dismiss that as well. You're just being light on stuff. And so I'm, I'm having a hard time in this unlearning process of and rebuilding, renovating faith so that we're not losing Jesus in the process. Um, how does judgment fit in? How can we, in a healthy way, practice healthy judging if there is such a thing? I think um, Bill talked about to me just re- before we started recording, you know, two kinds of judgment. Can we just kind of chat through this, the pros, the cons, how to, how to navigate this, how to not feel shame in conversations, how to avoid it? I don't know. This is a kind of a big one. It is. I I, I think it is a big one. Uh, one of the things I was Mike and I were talking about, and this is something I've 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 kind of written about and, and thought through pretty pretty at length. Um, just being a human, there is something about our humanity distinctive from pretty much any other creature that that at least is alive. We see it in elements and some other higher functioning animals. Um, but, but we, we're, we're kind of inclined to test things, right? We're inclined to observe things, remember things, predict things. Um, and, and through that, that very natural process, judgment is, is a, is a function of how we work. I mean, it's just a function of how we, we are literally judgmental machines, um, from a from a kind of a cerebral processing standpoint, um, you know, if you, you're you're walking through the jungle, you're going to be on high alert, and you see a snake, you're going to judge that as probably a bad situation, right? It's just there's something, you know, for lack of a better word, evolutionary to to our our, our judgment, and I think that's both as a as a species, but also more even indicative of of our maturation into adulthood from from infancy. Um, so, so the idea of judgment in and of itself, I think we need to be just mindful that we got to be careful not to judge people who judge because it's such, such a natural thing for us to do. And we, and prejudgment is even a, a natural thing to do. I think mm-hmm. the more we judge and the more we learn and the more we kind of collect evidence, the more we become prejudgers or we have prejudices. Mm. Um, and that's our, that affects us on all sorts of levels in life when we start really dissecting this. I mean, it, I prejudge food, right? I mean, we, uh, some of it seems kind of non-consequential, but then we start prejudging people and cultures and ethnic groups or religious groups. And, and now we all of a sudden have stereotypes, and these stereotypes have validity because there seems to be some sort of generality that can be applicable. But then we can also cause a lot of negativity because – we're, we're, again, assuming something that may or may not be fundamentally accurate. So judging judgment right off the bat, <laughs> right? We, I think we need to step back and realize that just because we judge doesn't inherently make us bad or evil or anything like that. Uh, I think how we judge is is part of that process. And, and motive? Are, and motive. And, and yeah, and we're supposed to grow to a a place where judgment becomes uh, a different style of judgment, maybe than what would be considered that whole garden of Eden experience, right? Mm. Where So maybe we got to define it better. Yeah. We've tasted from these kind of two identities, right? One is basing things on what's good and what's evil. Right. And that, that was considered a toxic tree to, to some degree. It, it gave us the awareness of death. It gave us, a sense of our mortality, and we start, you know, we, we we have a crisis there. There's a crisis that we have to go through. I'm teeing you up, Mike, putting you on a tee right there. Oh, uh, I know. Um, and, and eventually, that's supposed to lead us back to maybe something that's much more cathartic, something that's much healthier, something that produces a different type of fruit. So, 
Um, I think that's where our conversation is going to go. <laughs> so I'll I'll turn it over maybe to Richard now. <laughs> okay, well you got me interested there. Um, I, I I think that we need to. There's a couple of terms that are related. One is is two two judgment. One is punishment. Mm-hmm. All right, punishment is always related to judgment because if punishment. It, if if we're not really connecting punishment with it, then judgment really becomes discernment. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just discerning what's going on here. Is this good? Is this evil? Is this of the Lord? That sort of thing. And, but once punishment comes in and that's a subtle part, because when we start having resentment towards flesh and blood, when we start being angry towards flesh and blood, then we are, we're inflicting punishment on them. Or when we, you know, we cut ourselves off, um, so, the, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there's a passage where Paul talks about he who is spiritual discerns all things. And some versions say judge, but it's not judge because we're told too many other places not to judge. So, so to me, and, and if we look at the, the Greek words and, and not that I'm huge into Greek words, but on something like this, I think it's important to kind of go back and, um, you know, this is, uh, Jesus said, um, well, let me start off with the with the uh, um, Greek word that we're talking about for uh, um, for for judgment is 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 crisis. Oh, or, really? Is yeah, is is yeah. It's so crisis. here, Richard, what you don't know is I I showed uh, uh, Bill a quote. And because I don't know who the author is, but it sounded so right. And, and then Bill says, it's probably Richard who wrote that. So I'm going to show that when you're done this chat. And you can tell me if it's yours or not, because it's really good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, the the, the idea of crisis um, is it, it's where we get, it's etymolo- etymologically related to crisis, our word for crisis. And back then, the, like Galen and Hippocrates, you know, they were doctors and they were just pause, pause, just pause. <laughs> just pull up the damn cord. Okay. Richard, <laughs> can you read this for everyone, please? Oh my okay. goodness. <laughs> okay. Is that look familiar? Uh, yeah, that I think that is me. Uh, <laughs> I God, thought it was. God's judgments are his cures. Uh, the Greek word for judgment is crisis, etymologically related to our English word crisis. <laughs> Crisis is the Latinized form of the Greek crisis, which meant the turning point in a disease right. used as such by Hippocrates and Galen. Literally, judgment. Here's one of the biggest blind spots in the body uh, of Christ. God judges us to eternally cure us, not to eternally crush us. His judgments represent the crisis point of our soul sickness. Now, uh, uh, Bill's picture is over that corner, so I oh. can't read the rest of that line. Uh. Okay, um, eternally cure us, not to eternally crush us. His judgment represents the crisis point of our soul sickness when the tide starts to turn towards our full recovery. Christ is the cosmic champion of crisis management. That's right. Yeah, so so anyway, I mean, it's like we're all like Chester. Now, I say this every week, but, you know, Chester said we're all seasick and we're all in the same boat. We all have, uh, because of where we're at, because of what's happened, it's not that we're we're sinners. We're wretched sinners. It's it's, but it, it, we are flawed and we are mm-hmm. fractured uh, because of the lack of unity, because of the lack of love. You know that that we're that the body of Christ is here to cure. All right, um, but closely related to this is the whole idea of punishment, mm-hmm. because because if you think that God is judging, when we hear what we've been taught is that God's judgments are His punishments, not His cures. Correct. Man, that's a way to say it. Yeah. Uh, you know, w- that's what we 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 presume. That's our default because we've been we've been hearing that all our lives. If an act of God happens, they say it's God judging them. It's God punishing the people. But if we then go to punishment and see that the word, you know, the 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 uh, the word that Jesus used, I think it's Matthew twenty eight for punishment. Is it twenty eight or twenty four uh, about the Aeneos um, Colossus Aeneos? But I think Colossus, it's yeah. yeah, I think it's yeah. twenty-eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's twenty-eight. But Colossus, there, you know, Barclay, William Barclay, the great Greek scholar, is the one that flushed that out and said that uh, Colossus basically is a term that's used to describe the pruning back of trees so that they can so that they can grow healthier. All right, so punishment, and and we know that pruning things back makes it stronger, makes the growth stronger. So that's the word. 
that Jesus used uh, for punishment. The only word that, that I see in the New Testament where Jesus uses the word punishment in the Gospels anyway is definitely that passage. So if God's punishments are colossus in effect, which means that they, they prune back, but they don't destroy. And then we, and then we see that this whole thing about judgment is it, it's, he's judging us to cure us. He's judging us with medicine. Yes. He's judging us with, with things that will prune back the tox, uh, the toxic fruit that we've borne, the sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not inflicting judgment on us. And if, it, and if it wasn't enough, just listen to what, you know, to what Jesus said, he, he, he said, uh, I judge no man, you know, uh, in 8.15. I mean, I, I'll read just a couple of these. John 8.15, he says, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on nobody. Whoa, what? You pass judgment on nobody. I believe that he's talking about judgment with punishment there. Correct. And the way we're talking about punishment. Correct. Uh, then he says, as for the person, and in John 12.47, he says, as for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to the to judge the world, but to save it. Mm. All right. And then he goes on to say, there is someone who judges, which really, if you look at it, it's Satan. Satan is the one who's seeking to judge, condemn, crush, and destroy that, you know, uh, Satan. Well, I'll get to that in a minute, but, um, and then, uh, and then listen to this. If that weren't enough in John 5, 22, he says, the father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the son. And yet he says, my father doesn't judge humans. I don't judge humans. I save humans. And until you know that, that my, my, if you think I'm punishing, my punishments are my cures. I'm That's here right. to save you. I'm not here to judge you with, with penal punishment. And again, saving is, is really a word of restoration. Yes. It's not saving from punishment. Cause again, that even gets a little like dice, dicey, right. In the whole religious or, or world. even like, healing safe from, right. You're not being saved from punishment. You're being healed into this entire conversation that we're talking about. So how does and, the word, how does the word and, judge? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Richard. No, just let me just finish. The one yeah, thing. Yeah. The only thing Jesus said he came to judge. He says this in John 12, 31 and then 16, 11. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. The ruler of this world is judged. And he's talking about Satan here. Satan. Now we can talk about, yeah, Satan is being a, a, a dynamic, a fallen dynamic, whether you want to say it's an angel or a, or just a corporate human part of humanity that's, you know, untethered he's, to the divine will. He's um, judging judgment. <laughs> yes, he's, right. he's judging judgment. And he came to destroy the works that would try to punish us. He's come to destroy the wrath, what we think is the wrath of God, because mm, yeah. that's not of him. That yeah. is of, that is of this dark dynamic. And see, it's working in us to even judge one another. Yeah. I'm getting wrathful because I want you punished for what I don't like what you just did. And I want to retaliate on some level. I want to hurt you, and I want to expose you. And I mean, we can go on and on. I want to. Yeah, these are all, they're all synonyms. That's why I was just when you were talking, I was writing down. Punishment is a synonym to unforgiveness. is a, is a synonym to righteous anger. It's a synonym to wrath. It's a synonym to karma, to vengeance. These are all interrelated things. That's what Jesus is judging. He's judging that human thing that collectively just happens and it seems at every level i like um, i like cinnamon and freeing us, saving us from that paradigm amen i mean well i mean it's it's a pickle there's no doubt about <laughs> it. It, no. It, it's a pickle but but i think judgment is used in different ways and we we're not conscious of how we're using it because that if we could retool ourselves so the first thing we think when we hear the word judgment is cure you mm-hmm. know it is is to come is to bless, to heal, it is to do good to, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, the five, uh, uh, Matthew five, 38 through 48, turn the other cheek, bless, you know, that guy, that guy who's getting the sl- cheek slapped and walking the extra mile and getting his garment taken, what's he doing? He is ministering cures to the one who's afflicting him. All right. And, and he's, his goodness is overcoming, which is how Paul says we overcome evil with good. So, it what we but that wouldn't look like judgment when that guy turned the other cheek. Do you think anybody would say he just judged that guy who attacked him <laughs> and he turns to the cheek away from him? He did judge him. He judged him with love. That's right, mercy, compassion. Because there's a dynamic that when we don't strike back, I am convinced of this two million percent. When we don't strike back, we release God's glory into the mm-hmm. earth. And glory works 
on the conscience of the person who actually did the harm. All right. And starts working conviction, catharsis in them to where. But if you strike back or you hate back or whatever, then you're in you're you're in the game. You're in you're in the, 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 the tennis match back and forth, back and forth. But if we truly turn turn the other cheek, then that person's conviction, I believe angels are released. I believe whatever heavenly resources you want to call it are released to flow into this person's heart. It doesn't mean it's going to take over the will, but it's going to it's going to amp it up. It's going to amp up. Uh, the conviction, you know, uh, and, and, and the anguish on them and let them hopefully reach a place of catharsis. And if we were all doing that with each other, you know, on a wide level, it would be amazing. I just see it when any of us share any mercy things. When I share something from court, you can just see it's like dominoes. It starts falling all over the place. Everyone's wanting mm-hmm. to be mercy with everybody. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but it, mercy is judgment. And it, 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 it. Mercy triumphs over judgment. <laughs> yeah. Just going back to punishment a tiny bit, I think uh, just it brings a recollection, you know, first John 4, 19, I think. So 15, so somewhere right in there where, you know, perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. Yes. Right. So when fear is embedded in any element of our judgment at any level of our judgment, if there's a fear of retaliation, if there's a fear of separation of, of disassociation of any element of fear that we have in the relationship of, of us with whatever we're judging. If fear is, is seated in that, it goes to that, that, that other tree. And that's exactly what happened again at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We consume this righteousness, unrighteousness paradigm and fear entered our mind instantly. Fear of who? Fear of perfect love. Ironically, and from that point forward, the entire scriptures are trying to unravel this mess that's been created in our head where we confuse God as being this diabolical punisher, right? And he's not. He's, he's this dynamic restorer. So this the thing that triggered the judgment conversation, um, the motive of judgment, I guess, plays a big role in this because I, I see pretty heavy-handed clergy judging individuals in the church who have left or uh, aren't doing what they want. And so they send nasty letters or emails, which I've seen a whole bunch online, but I, I saw one recently that was personal to somebody I know, and it was horrible. And there was a judgment implied that I thought, who are you? I just, I, it really ticked me off. Um, but so the motive of judgment. So when I'm, maybe I'm upset at some of the false motives because people are doing a self-righteous judgment and making somebody else feel like crap because uh, the fruit of that's making somebody feel like crap. But perhaps if we were to judge like Jesus, meaning get to know Jesus and how he judged, we can learn an awful lot. It's like when I go to a doctor, I got a problem. People don't realize, and I wonder what the connection of the word judge here is, but it, I think a doctor judges you fully. Like they judge all the pokes and prods, poke, 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 poke. Does that hurt? Nope. Does this hurt? Poke, poke. Ouch. Wait a minute. Does that hurt? Yes. Well, it's not supposed to hurt there. So it's the judgment. And then they judge what they need to do to cure that problem. And so maybe there's a healthier way to understand judgment and realize it's the unhealthy concepts of judgment that are harmful. And we need to see a much better Jesus lens on this topic that might cure some relationships i don't know well, and jesus is the is the you know key decipher mechanism to to understand how we as judgment machines again because i think we are 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 intended to judge and judge in a healthy manner uh, jesus did judge things right jesus judged the pharisaical community the hive mind of the pharisees right he judged the system the world that that the Satan had influenced, right? The adversary, the uh, accuser had in, infiltrated, which was the Jewish, you know, system of Moses, the law. It, he judged those things as being unworthy of representing his father, mm. the Abba, right? And so he was trying to change people's understanding. So when we we got to be careful, say, yeah, he didn't judge individuals. I think he prejudged individuals with the cross, even before the cross came, right? No, nobody ever had to repent for Jesus to say, you're forgiven. He never, he never required anybody to do a damn thing before he said, your sins are forgiven, go, you know? And that's, that's so inverse of what we think judgment is from like a church world standpoint. We kind of think we don't get judged until we make some sort of action item, 
And then we either get to, then we can be judged with mercy, but prior to that, we're judged with condemnation. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. None, period. That's that's what's been revealed. And that's what Jesus, I think, was trying to. But I think we do have an element when we do feel this this moment of, okay, that feels that feels un, uh, unloving, right? I'm trying to use the right word. That feels unloving. That is, there's healthiness in discernment, which is a type, you know, discerning judgment versus condemning judgment. We need that. That's important. We we have to have that. And, and in love, we can go to our brothers and sisters. And I think we see Jesus describe this. Paul tries to work this out. And sometimes he does well. Sometimes I think he also fails. And we're privy to some of his failures where we're trying to coach and love one another how to maybe live this, this new paradigm of seeing no man according to the flesh. In action. That's a good judgment. That's a great judgment. Go, but sometimes I need to go and tell you, this isn't your your flesh is 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 screaming out. Yeah. I, I need to I need to prejudge you as righteous in Christ, and you need to know you're loved. And and that's sometimes a hard conversation, though. If we're going to be honest with somebody they maybe we're close to. Um, so I, I don't know. I'll just leave it there. So I think, again, I think there is, like you said, a doctor type judgment that we have to have where we poke people. But we can only do that in intimate relationships. Once we do it on a collective, we really start getting messed up. So maybe if you're not qualified or don't have your degree to judge, you don't as in if you don't have those relationships, then you don't. You don't go to somebody for a doctor assessment who isn't a medical doctor. You don't go to a dentist that doesn't have a degree. You, you go to those places and people. And I just think in the, in the religious world that I come from, um, that I'm still loosely a part of there, there's, there's too much judgment that happens to make people feel like crap and to uh, it's power struggles and control. That's it's high minded judgment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what I find interesting is that Jesus was, was uh, with a group think, you know, he obviously was exposing it, you know, and it's, yeah, he says you stand at the gateway of truth. You don't go in and you keep others from going in. What he's really saying is this group think is keeping my people, including you yep. from going in on this thing. But yep. it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's so remarkable to me that he never once throws any individual. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't call any individual out except the closest he comes are his own disciples when they're being really self-righteous. He knows they should know better. He knows what spirit you're of. I'm here to say, don't you know that? Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) But but that was done in the context of authentic relationship. It was. Yeah. yeah, And, and, you know, when Bill said intimate, he was intimate with him. That's why he could do that. Mm -hmm. But, but see, he was always tender. You Mm one-on-one with you know, with people that are, were caught in sin or caught in judgment or whatever. What he saved the woman caught in adultery for, he, he saved them from their judgment. They were judging by the law. They were judging by their own wrath. They were judging by their own group think. And, um, you know, on the cover of my book, I'll never forget uh, a girl, um, um, Janelle Roars. Um, I think she's married now. But uh, she wrote the cover on cover of my book. It's Jesus protecting the woman from the crowd, the adulteress. And you can see demonic faces in the crowd, wow. you know, uh, the, the, being the group thing, you know, and, and the, the, that's what Jesus would be speaking against when he judges the things that are of Satan. He's judging the thing. This group think is a big part of Satan. I'm just telling you, it is on every level, whether it's institutional group think, religious group think. Societal group think, the ra- deconstruction uh, ra- group think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've got to, we've got to stay, we've got to stay free of this. And and see, one thing we ought to talk about at some point is, it isn't even necessary that we judge everything that comes across our path. We somehow think that I'm supposed yeah. to judge everything that happens. Where does that come from? Do you know? Well, where do you think? Like to me, if we can. Where's the source of that? Where do we, where do we get this, this inclination to think we have to, or have the right to instantly judge everything? Where's that come from? Cause I, I think it's religious. It's righteous. You say to even think that we we're capable of it and that we would want it. We, we should askew doing it. We should totally avoid it. I don't, if I, if I'm backed into a corner and I must judge something, then I'm, you know, hopefully I'm in a place of humility with it and, 
and and remember that I'm judging this to cure it. I'm not judging it to condemn it. You know, and say the, the, the accused the brethren. And you're not judging to be right because that's yeah. what Jesus protected the woman from. He protected her from those who are using the law to be right, more right than anyone else, so they can puff themselves up and make someone else feel like crap. And maybe yeah. that's a good barometer. Yeah. Wow. You, you know, Oswald Chambers, this is one of the best things ever said. He said, God deliver me from the need to self-vindicate. Mm. That prayer. You know, we want to be right. And you know, and I listen as a lawyer, I'm trained to, to self-indicate. All right. But I, 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 but that is a lot of people when they're judging, they're looking mm-hmm. to beliefs. I mean, I saw a wonderful brother today admit, you know, admit to a, to a gay um, uh, inclination, you know, and I mean, it was a humongously brave thing for him to do. And you know what? I didn't feel one iota or need or anything else to, ju- I wasn't called to judge this. All right. If I, yep. you know, if and and, and and because I would want to be trying to cure it, I, you, you know, I'm I, whether someone, I don't know about the cure part of it, but but I'm saying I what we should only judge when we when we want somebody cured, when we want to help and be a be a curative agent, not I the think, cure force, right. but a curative agent. But you, then you didn't feel the need to have to do that, yeah. Yeah. And your your curing would be not so much for what the we would what typically gets judged as the behavior. You're contr- you you want to heal the shame the person was feeling, right? Good point. This, yeah, I didn't this, think about. That. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Much because otherwise you can get misjudged for what you just said. But but but, but, I, but, but you could heal his pain by not judging him. There, yes. <laughs> and just encourage him. I, I I sent a message to him. You know, uh, I posted, just keep on being brave, and I have nothing but honor and love for you and, re- and respect. And keep being brave and keep revelating, you know. And um, I'm sure, you know, I, I, I felt, and other people were doing it too, because it was an incredibly brave act. And it's, it, it, um, I don't know, but it's, 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 this is so fun. I enjoy we're talking about this because it's, you know, we, we curious. I think this is where it's something we've talked about. Uh, several times before being very open-handed loose if you will with our language you know that the idea of judgment can apply in so many different facets and if we get dogmatic about it meaning one thing we can miss the beauty of you know certain things and so i think it just just you know just case in point to anybody watching language is so incomplete (laughs) And some of these, you know, the conversations, what you'll feel it resonate inside your spirit and, and the fruits that come from that, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, all that. When we know that this idea of quote unquote judging or testing or discerning or whatever you want to call it is is of Christ or antichrist, right? Mm. Uh, one of the things I also wrote down just quickly, it's just I think it's Jesus is such a fascinating person to 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 uh, behold um because the second we think we got to pin down to who he judges and who he doesn't he he just flips the script on us right i mean we have him having dinner an intimate dinner with a pharisee right and and, and having a, a probably one of the most breath conversation breathtaking conversations ever recorded in all of humanity in john three right you have him you have him telling a centurion a roman a Roman soldier who's in charge of a hundred people. If you didn't realize, that's why century is what it is. Century centurion, right? So, so this guy would have been one of the toughest, most brutal, violent men, because you don't get to a Roman legion centurion without having killed a whole bunch of people by hand. I mean, they they, they only promoted the toughest, right? So this is a guy who's likely killed by hand hundreds of people in his life, and then Jesus looks this guy in the eye who's wearing a sword. Saying you have greater faith than anyone else I've ever met. <laughs> you know, he's got he's got the leper who society says God's cursed you, God's punishing you, and he touches them, which is a direct violation of the law of Moses. And I don't care what anybody says, it is. Don't touch people who are unclean. He touches them and he heals them. You know, you have the woman caught in adultery. You know, we've already talked about that one. And you have the tax collector who's like this insanely greedy capitalist and he never judges him he says in fact i'm going to go to dinner and just love him and the guy repents without any expectation on jesus's end 
And that's, I think, I think that's what's so amazing about this idea of judgment. I mean, if that's our, if that's our, how God judges us, then man, we have, we have some opportunities to go out and, and judge this world in a really different way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a, go ahead, Richard. No, I was just going to say, you know, it just, uh, I, I like just clarifying the thing that, you know, uh, not judging itself. I've never thought about it in those terms, but we, we said it a few minutes ago, not judging itself is a form of blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're interacting in the moment. We're saying the minute I judge something, I'm out of the moment and I'm already mm-hmm. wondering punishment. What's my punishment towards a person? What did they deserve? What are they going to reap on themselves instead of just discerning? How can I minister to this person, to my enemies? To my enemies, I, you know, I think the, the thing that's hidden in the gospel is, we said this last week, is not the love of God for neighbor, that we we stop there and say, well, you know, love God, love neighbor, you know, as yourself. We stop there. The whole point of the passage goes, I love your enemy. <laughs> yeah. you know, but it goes down to other passages. Love your enemy. That's the most radical part of this. And our enemies are the people we want to judge. Is that not true? I mean, the people we feel the need to judge and see punishment and want punishment and mete out punishment. And even, even aside from the harm it does in, in, to them, you know, just in the airwaves, what about the harm it does to us? It hardens our heart. Uh, and we enter into the, into the du- duality of it. You know, like Bill was saying, right or wrong. We enter into the duality of it and we, we get trapped in the right or wrong of it. And then we're not able to minister the spirit. We're not able to minister grace. We're not able to not judge. And we're not, nor are we able to judge curatively, you know, um, and it's just, I don't know, this is, I, 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 I've said this time and time again, I think Matthew 538 through 48 are the most important passages in the Bible. That's my choice and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> all right. And maybe, maybe we're all supposed to have one passage that we feel that way about, but you cannot, you cannot sidestep this, this love, this absolute unconditional love of the enemy. And it doesn't mean that you let the enemy continue to abuse you or stay in abusive relationships. It doesn't mean any of that. That's not what that passage is saying. It's saying, don't be retaliatory. Jesus would be, I'm sure would be the first one to say, if someone's abusing you, get out of Dodge. He doesn't want you to get hurt. He didn't yeah. use, he didn't use breaking. Yeah, this is, this is it. Yeah. We're not justifying abuse by, by endorsing what Jesus said in these passages. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if, no. if, if, he would have said, if someone comes in and hits you, you know, uh, breaks your right hand, let him break your left hand too. He didn't say that. He said slap. We're talking about here the normal wear and tear of resentment and insult and provocation, but not not self, not not taking care of yourself. He would be the first one to tell you get get away from someone that's abusing you. If you and he can. told people to flee to the hills, knowing that such judgment, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, and not God judgment, mind you, human human judgment was coming yeah. to fall upon the. The, the Jewish nation, he was begging people to escape that. So yeah, I completely agree. And the reason he told them to go to the mountains yeah. is because it was unnatural. Yeah. Everyone naturally would have run to the city, the mm. safe walls of their tradition for safety from something outside. But Jesus said, no, go to the mountains. Cause he, was, he already had a concept of what was coming that this is the, the opposite. So Richard, when you talked about not judging as being an act of love and grace, I have a hunch uh, you can't just use words, although if you need to practice and have some practice runs on not being judgmental, it's great, but it comes from the energy of who you are. and People can tell without even the words you say, um, th- they'll know from your eyes, like you can't deceive people of what your judgmental eyes and tone is. And it so- may just be, hey, let's have dinner, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think some of the half the questions that I had on this topic are being answered with a um, a mystery rather than here's a Bible verse here. See, and no, I'll raise you two more from Romans. Well, I got a couple in Corinthians, you know, <laughs> like that doesn't help the conversation. But I think I think I just heard the essence of this this issue of judging why it's a difficult thing is if it doesn't judge like Jesus. And you got to ask yourself that. You got to look in the mirror. Don't make anybody else tell you. If somebody comes to you, they got their own stuff to deal with. But or ask a trusted friend, "Am I a judgmental person?" Something I say, "Yeah," you know. And if they say that, don't take it the wrong way. Take it as a healing that mm-hmm. just has to be healed. And they say it out of love. Um, if you're a people pleaser, it's hard. But 
you know, you, you know, I've got a buddy, uh, and um, he would be the first one to tell you this guy's like a Toby Keith kind of guy. And this, he would be the first to tell you he judges everybody and judges quickly and judges harshly. And I have become very good friends with him, but I just, I, I don't react to what he says. I don't even try to talk him out of it. I just try to, I continually love on him. And uh, I know he's a teddy bear on the inside and he will come back later and feel bad about what he said. Almost every time he'll come back. I shouldn't have said that. I, I, and I appreciate you not jumping on me, you know, for doing that. That says and, something. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, so I've seen uh, that, 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 Sometimes that veneer of people who are quick to judge, it really isn't all that deep. It's just on the surface and it's reactive. Mm, yeah. And then we judge yeah. them as being judgers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yet, and yet, <laughs> I think this is where we can flip the language and flip the script. I mean, I, I hope I get more in this way every day. I'm not there, uh, mostly or rare, you know, but in moments I catch myself where my judgments, my prejudgments are authentic from the spirit within. Mm. And I am prejudging this encounter that very well may be negative right in front of me with grace and with with realizing the person that may be steeped in victimization or being a victimizer or whatever it is, is authentically loved and in need of healing. And I don't have to cast that burden of vindictiveness or punishment or retribution or anything into the situation. I can just let it be for what it is and recognize there's vast brokenness manifesting in, in all sorts of painful ways likely but that the deepest calling for it is for all of the people involved to be known and seen as they were first loved by christ mm. and if they can catch any hint of that from my interaction like you said they, they, it starts the domino effect and that that's where i think we have the ability as christ followers to be that first seed of of restorative, reconciliatory, reconciliation, you know, reconciliation, right, and love, and and, and grace, and and yeah, it, it doesn't mean we are justifying the, the maybe what we've experienced uh, or, or or been a part of or witnessed, but we don't, like you said, Richard, we don't have to have an inclination to participate in the this this tit for tat karma experience we can be something that's other than that and judge the entire thing or prejudge the entire thing from a totally different vantage point than the world calls us to participate in i and just to me you said reconciliation but yeah i i like the r words i think there are a lot of r words here that connect yeah. but i think this carnal judgment we're talking about mm -hmm. has a very strong accent of retaliation oh absolutely it's always retaliatory yep now that's you know, you, you know, when we talked about that anger management, I forget which episode it, it was, Mike. Last when time. We, uh, last time. Uh, well, the article talked about uh, anger management that you to stop, to say lots of weight, pause and reflect. Go up to a mountain. Imagine yourself up on a mountain looking down at yourself. Dis, uh, disentangle yourself from it. Uh, disassociate yourself and then just look down at it and then, yeah. and then peace, peace will come. And that, that's an interesting way too. just metaphorically go up to the mountain. You know, did you post that? Did, did you post that article yet? Not yet. Okay. No, I'm working introducing it. Okay. But, but, but I, you know, it, it's, it, it's an awesome article and it's, it's not, it's not denying your anger. It's learning to disassociate yourself from it. And it's a process, but, but less the, the problem with anger is that it puts you in a retaliatory state. Mm -hmm. And when you retaliate, you will condemn retaliatory and, and condemnation they go together whereas if you don't retaliate but the lord then gives us wisdom you know it's the peace of god that crushes these satanic ideas underfoot the peace of god if we speak from a place of peace they don't even their defenses are down i cannot tell you how many people that i talk to in my office as a criminal defense attorney and it's because i have practice but part of it is also my faith is they'll tell me, you know, I never felt like you judged me. I, I felt like I could tell you anything, and uh, you never looked down at me. You never treated me any differently. You know, we knew you before this, and I thought you you'd be spooked at me, or you know, or whatever. And uh, and and it's it's a work of the Lord, but it's also me just being an attorney. I mean, you you see everything, and you're not you you know. But but anyhow, I just it's it's so. Uh, it, it I, I guess the bottom line is if we could just see that it hurts us, it hurts our devotional ability to interact with the Spirit to be retaliatory 
the Lord is, you know, he, he's not leaving us. The Lord isn't leaving us. But when he, but when we're retaliatory, this is like sticking, you know, go la, 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 you know, type of thing. You're not, we're not going to hear the Lord clearly in, 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 as long as we have retaliatory, you know, retaliatory spirit. Yep. I agree. Now I remember we'll wrap up with this because time's up. Um, I remember in the forgiveness conference that we had, um, I don't know which speaker it was, but the, to begin our day with the intention of forgiveness, as in I'm going to already pre-forgive whatever's going to happen. I don't know who's going to harm me or insult me today, but I'm going to be ready because I'm going to walk in the spirit of forgiveness in advance. And I thought that's, that's pretty good. It all ties into what we just finished talking about too, judgment and with anger Instead of being reactive, we're respond, we're proactive or intentional. Here's a good way to practice it because I've been practicing it with road rage. I'm the first one to tell y'all. I've told y'all this before. I have a uh, oh, I've, oh, two years. You know, I've, I've had a problem with road rage, and yet now I'm doing exactly what you just described. When I get in the car, I'm saying I'm not going to let something t- take me. Get, I understand if somebody does. I'm not going to fly off the handle. And just me being aware of it has helped. I'm not saying I'm perfect, yeah. but I've been a lot better because I gosh, I didn't. I, I, I so didn't recognize myself, you know, but there's this little flare and there's all sorts of road rage. There's theological road rage, institutional <laughs> road rage, social ro- romantic road rage. Atlanta road rage. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when you drive, there's a hive mindset. It It's there. Cause even recently I've, I think I've been practicing some of that stuff too. I'm, I'm letting people in sooner. I'm not, I'm, I'll see ahead. There's no point in rushing. And this guy's an idiot driving beside me. That's fine. I don't, he's not my response. I'm going to be kind because he's on his own journey and I'm, I'm, it's starting to affect my driving too, in a good way. I don't know. Anyway. It's a great, it's a great practice. I mean, it, yeah. it's just, it's, it's a, devo- who would think that driving through traffic could be a devotional practice <laughs> for Pete? <laughs> yeah. I usually think driving out in the countryside is devotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nobody's around. I know. Well, we got to wrap up. It's, it's uh, overtime. And uh, this was a really fun conversation. And uh, maybe we'll see what happens next time. I'm not, I'm not sure. But uh, for those watching, thanks for taking time to join in. Please comment, uh, message us, and let us know what you thought of this. Oh my goodness. Wow. I I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I enjoyed it the second time better than our original recording. And we try to do these every Friday uh, in the afternoons is when we typically get together and do a call and, and chat. But um, uh, yeah, this one was good. I can see where there's still much more to go on this topic and hopefully we'll We'll continue that, um, but uh, I don't know. Oh, Teresa, hey, I'm so glad you watched. Yay! Didn't even say hi. Now you get to say hi. Teresa, thrilled that you chimed in. Elizabeth uh, Hopkins, good morning. Uh, thanks for your comments. I, I hope this is good. I saw that one of your questions were answered for sure. And uh, yeah, I love this. Who else? Cheryl Horn already said hi. Becky Howard in uh, Sorrento, British Columbia watching. And um, um, oh, now my brain is forgetting who's uh, oh my goodness how can i how can i forget who that is anyway um sometimes when i'm seeing a person's uh face i can't remember their name suddenly it just it just freezes up so and i totally know who this is so you're watching on youtube he says catching what i can at work and yeah and having a brain fart so (laughs) all right um i hope that was encouraging to you uh i hope you'll take time to rewatch or share it with somebody that you think would benefit and my hope is that it was a gentle conversation it wasn't a judgmental conversation because sometimes when people teach on judging or have conversations on judging it you end up walking away feeling like crap because oh i'm such a judgmental person but i I thought this was a really good conversation to encourage us to rethink this curative word. Um, I love this other thought. uh, Judging expresses our desire to control. Um, That's one of the thoughts that hit my mind. Uh, Usually we're trying to control a situation. We're we're trying to redirect something, uh, avoid our own discomfort. So we verbally judge someone to stop them from continuing a certain direction and so on. Lots of stuff. My other question would be, is the Holy Spirit big enough to sort out your stuff? Because if you're trying to judge someone or try to be more right than someone, who made you the Holy Spirit to try and convince 
um, some people say the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin and stuff. Well, that's not true. It, the Holy Spirit never convicts anyone of sin. Uh, that's Look it up and read it slowly. I'm not going to tell you the answer right now because maybe we'll come back and um, we'll have a conversation on that because I've preached on that before. And it's, in fact, I, uh, I put out to my congregation one Sunday, said next week we're going to talk on this verse. Go look it up and come back this week and tell me, tell me next Sunday what you read that you didn't expect. And the one on the Holy Spirit does not convict anyone of sin. That was made clear by some people who are deeply theological in, in the church. And uh, I love that. So if you think I'm speaking heresy, um, don't judge me. <laughs> Go read it yourself. And I think you'll be surprised. Um, I'm going to see if I can find uh, the judging scene from the movie The Shack. There's a really powerful scene there that uh, um, they're in the cave, and it really, really, <laughs> it's good. Um, I'm going to see if I can find that. That'll, that'll tie in great with this. So, uh, Robert in Windsor, good morning. Uh, great to see you there. Um, glad you chimed in this morning. All right, that's about it, folks. Um, um, I'll catch you next week. Uh, I think we're going to have something. If we don't, yeah, we'll have something. But uh, there's one week I'm going to be taking off in, in uh, April. Uh, I might reshare something, but um, I'm taking a week holidays that I desperately need. And I need to deflate. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's it. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Uh, look forward to the next time. Share this if you liked it. Support if you value these regular um, events. Uh, we sure could use your, uh, your gifts and financial, financial support uh, to keep this afloat. Thanks. Catch you next time. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.